1: And welcome to the Pride of Detroit P-O-D cast. Pride of Detroit.com. Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We're out here. We're everywhere. Pride of Detroit on uh, the podcast, the Podcast, is on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. I got ahead of myself a little bit there. I don't even know where I'm going. This is the Pride of Detroit P-O-D cast for everything you need about the Detroit Lions. And I am Christopher Fett, your adequate host at Christopher Fett, P E R F E T T. Took a little bit of a break here. Catch myself, was working on a few other things. I am back and pleased to report that I have not been charged with ex- trying to extort Nike. It's a uh, big feather in my cap. Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online. He's here. He has also not extorted Nike, at least not to my, uh, not to my awareness. Have you, you haven't been trying to extort Nike, have you, Jeremy? Please speak I, I, clearly into the microphone here.
2: I have not, but I have to say, of, of the three of us, I think you would probably have been the most likely, so I'm proud that you are not involved.
1: I would have at least See, my family's a West Pennsylvania Italian. We're at least a little bit smarter than talking into the microphone <laughs> again to reiterate you are playing to extort Nike. That's, that's just no, you, that, that's where, that's where he messed up. That's where Michael Avenatti messed up. Just, you're going to tell someone you're going to extort them. Do it once when, because when you come back, they've got a wire. <laughs> Brian Matthews.
3: Back,
1: At Ryan underscore POD. He knows all about wires and trying to extort Nike. Is
4: that right? Um, I know a lot about the show, The Wire, and I know that you should be very careful no matter where you talk. Mm -hmm.
1: And we have to be careful where we talk here because we have a guest with us, Brian Phillips from Pat's Pulpit. He is a recurring guest on this show. He is our Patriots dude by way of the Midwest. Brian, how you doing?
5: Hey, what's going on guys. And and I think Avenatti's problem is he, he, he kind of shot for the moon a little bit and probably would have had a little more success had he tried to extort like a, like a Reebok or a, you know, like a Puma. I think he would have, uh, would have been a little safer, but um, you know, that's just me.
1: I I'm, I'm just amazed with the gall on the guy who's like, I'm going to extort you. And also I want you to retain me as a lawyer.
2: By the way, can can we not refer to uh, Brian's team as the Patriots? But can we just refer to them as Lions East?
1: Yeah, yeah, Brian, <laughs> Ryan, Lions East reporter here. Um, to not to move on immediately from Michael Avenatti, that's not what the show is about. But it is the funniest thing already this week that the guy who once represented Stormy Daniels is now like just got arrested in two different states on the same day today. But Brian, big news for Lions East too. Uh, You want to talk? We're going to get into Lions news here in a second. But for our Lions East side, uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, (sighs) is no longer going to play football, and uh, I know it's a huge blow to you. I just want to know how excited are you to see him at WrestleMania?
5: (laughs) Um, You know, I mean that's apparently going to have to be where I get my Gronk fix from now on. You know, Uh, still we're still in just kind of like a state of shock. You know. i I read a tweet just now that if he decides to come out of retirement in twenty thirty one he'll still be the same age that Tom Brady is this year uh which is blowing my mind right now um but What's secret? you know it's I, like i it's
1: like the it's like the direct opposite of Tom Brady, who only eats like tomatoes and drinks super purified water with the proper ions and like you know kisses his son on the lips and stuff. Whereas for Gronk, that's like, he's preserving himself through the same way. I think Motley Crue preserves themselves.
5: Yeah, right. Like how Alice Cooper can still do what he does, you know, looking or like Ozzy Oz, but you're right. In like kind of that same, like if you like almost like mom. like in 50 years, he's going to be like a mummified version of Gronk.
1: I just don't think he does as many hard drugs, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's just, you know, the newer hard drugs. Well, not yet. Not the NFL. Not, but like. like, he's not shooting, like, he's not shooting up or, or doing cocaine, but he's absolutely probably done E.
5: <laughs> I mean, just give him, give him a little while in, in the WWE, right? I mean, we'll see kind of where he goes from there. I, I, I don't really know the culture too well.
1: <laughs> we don't you. know if he's going Good to WWE, you. but this is the aftermath of Gronk retiring and football is a little smaller without him. Right. I mean, it's,
5: you know, I feel like he is definitely the last beacon of tight, you know, like the last pure tight end, you know, like, yeah, they'll be blocking tight ends and they'll be receiving tight ends. But the, I don't know. I, I don't know with the, the way the game's going now is going to be really rare to see a guy with this kind of combo. I mean, there's some really, I mean, George Kittle obviously is, is a guy who like appears to be the next in line for that, that pure tight end. Um, you know, kind of picking up the, picking up where Gronks leaving off. Obviously you've got the Kelsey's and the Ertz's and all that, but in uh, and the, and the Eric Ebron's of How the world, you? um, <laughs> the receiving guys, but like the guys that'll get in there and they don't care if they, you know, get two targets in a game, as long as they're just burying safeties and throwing dudes out of the club, they're happy. You know, the, the, those days are kind of long gone. I feel like now.
2: What you're saying is the, the mantle is not being passed to Jesse James. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, maybe not.
5: Although I will have to commend Bob Quinn for not like going over 8 million. I thought, I thought when I saw the signing, I was, I was nervous and I thought it would be like eight and a half a year or something out of of this world, but it was actually an economical deal. Oh, thank God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think it's funny too on Gronk because he's probably the last guy who can really be as a pers- personality as Gronk was. But I think we were talking before the show, is always such a weird fit that you had this buttoned up, super ironclad fortress of a team in the New England Patriots when it came to any kind of personality or accessibility and then over here you have sparklers in the mouth rob gronkowski just (laughs) throwing a light switch rave like right next to right next to bill belichick all seemingly but i don't think i don't think you're going to get that kind of guy again like there's very few instances where football really lets those kind of guys uh just cut loose the way they do and if they do seem to be cutting loose it's always part of like a manicured quarterback marketing campaign like I mean, even our even our lovely great boy, Patty Mahomes, and his little love with Hunt's ketchup, Ryan. That's that's a marketing thing. But nobody, nobody, nobody was just a pure animal like Gronkowski these days. Right, and the, we were talking
5: about it the other day uh, or yesterday. Um, you know, if if Gronk was on any other team, you know, for his whole career, obviously we'd still have the same adoration for him. Uh, us, uh, I say us, and like in Patriots fandoms, in Patriots circles. Um, We'd have the same, you know, adoration towards his skill set and what he means to the game on the field, but it would always be, well, ooh, that guy, you know, that guy wouldn't wouldn't do well here, you know, he he wouldn't fit in with this this culture here. I, I don't I don't see him being able to pick up, you know, the Patriot way. Um, but as you know, as you know, fate would have it. There'd be it, a lot more finger wagging,
1: I feel, about Gronk just just in in a football media altogether because without Bill Belichick there, people would just assume this guy is just completely rampant.
5: Right. Well, I think, I, I think a lot of it just goes to like, I don't, like, I
1: can't imagine uh,
5: like having a career better than what Gronk just had, right? Like get mm-hmm. in, get out. Yeah. He's had the injuries, you know, that's you know when you play the game, like he, like he does, um, you're going to have that, but you know, you go out on top like he did. And then to like constantly be, like the life of the party, like you to have the life in the spotlight. You know, some people love that. But like as a kid growing up, like that's got to be like the perfect like career, right? Like it, I can't I guess I can't imagine a career going better for somebody than it did for Gronk, you know, sans the injuries,
3: obviously.
1: All right, let's put uh, Lions East aside for a second and get back to Lions Prime, Lions West, whatever you want to call it. Jeremy Ryan, I want to open with our Lions talk here, and I'm sure Brian will be able to slot him in here. Brian's here to join us too about some more talk about Lions free agency, former Patriots, or whatever we want there. I mean, he's just around because he's just a swell guy. But I yeah, want to start. Thanks. I want to start on uh, snacks. I want to start on Damon Harrison, who reports are out now that he is looking for a long-term extension with the Detroit Lions. Kyle Mikey, M Live, putting out the the. Report there that Damon is looking for a uh probably probably something to get him through uh just, just long term. I think he signed up until about 2020.
2: Yep. Next and season. I mean,
1: already we've seen at least a, a year's worth of work out of him on just how excellent he's been with the team. So it's fascinating to look at. I know Bob Quinn in customary don't say anything interesting thing has said it's not a priorities of theirs now but that can mean anything you want so i want i want takes on this matter i want takes from Ryan and Jeremy
2: well i mean it's uh in a way it's unfortunate but it's probably something that's deserved uh, given how how quickly he turned around the lines defense last year he knows cap hits are only at 7 million and 9.25 million for the next 2 years that was a bargain getting him for a fifth round pick was a bargain. So the lines were all over a bargain deal for, for snacks for what they got him for. Um, they're probably looking at something upwards of, of 10 million a year, probably maybe even closer to 11 or 12 comparing him to what Eddie Goldman got last year. Uh, so it, it's something that's going to make, uh, make the cap a little bit tighter, but I think the lines don't really have a choice. They, they need to do it. I don't care if he's 30 years old or or, or 34 or 35, like, he has a couple of good years. He's still playing at, his, uh, at, at the peak of his career. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think the Lions have to do it. And the question is, when are they going to do it? Um, are they going to be able to get something done this year? If not, is Snack's going to hold out? Um, those are questions that we're, we obviously won't really know until summer because that's when Bob Quinn likes to get those extensions done. But um, it, it's something that needs to be taken care of sooner or later.
4: Yeah, I think I mean Damon Harrison obviously proved to be such a pivotal force, right? I mean, as soon as he as soon as he entered the fold, the Detroit Lions' run defense just improved, you know, drastically. And, you know, he seems like he seems like the type of player who, you know, with his motor, but even with his size, like I feel like he wears his like he wears his weight like really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It it doesn't seem like he's a guy who Will necessarily kind of like fall off a cliff because I mean this is a guy who is I mean he's going to be he's going to be thirty one by the end of next season so I mean you really kind of wonder maybe how much a guy like him has left in the tank but I think that he's a guy who I mean a he probably I mean a he does deserve a raise because he's he's clearly he's clearly you know a a fantastic player Um, and I think he's absolutely critical to to what you know Patricia wants to do on defense and I think having a guy like Snacks. is really important for the Lions' future.
1: It really is, especially since uh, you know we're still not sure what's going on with this defensive line. Uh, I think we should see some stuff in the draft. Although I've been saying that now for I mean how many years? But yeah, you get a guy like that who wants to stick around in Detroit. You really can't let something like that go right now. So I don't know, uh, Brian, as an outsider, what's your take? what What do you What do you take when you hear Lions want to sign Damon Harrison longer term?
5: Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a case, you know. Um I I love the contract stuff. Uh I mean, just looking really really quick at some of the guys making more money than he is, two down guys, guys that are traditionally more two-down guys, guys like Brandon Williams, uh I don't know, Jeremy said Eddie Goldman, Mike Brockers. Mike Brockers getting almost eleven point one a year. Um, you know, Star Star Lutilele contract is absurd at ten million dollars a year. Um Yeah, you got to give them the money. Although I understand why it's not a priority this year, and what we see a lot over at uh, at Lions East out in Foxborough is, uh, you know, we handle these situations with a nice little incentive package this year. Say, hey, we're going to keep we're going to keep everything as is this year. Let's throw these these you know not likely to be earned incentives. You can earn an extra three million dollars this year, and then. Maybe we'll put an option trigger on your on your contract next year add a couple of years on it you know and then that way there's no additional cash. it's not going to affect your cap situation at all this year. If he ends up earning them, it's because he dominated it really well and it'll go against their adjusted cap figure next year. The player's happy. they don't have to lock in an extra long-term deal. Um, I, th- I I think something like that would uh, would go a long way, but if you're going if you're going to extend him. This is a guy that to do it with because you're not looking at, you know, it's not like another Trey Flowers extension. It's not like another, you know, eight, nine, 10% of your cap each year type of extension. So get, you know, get it done.
2: And, and nose tackle is kind of a, a key piece to this defense. Ryan kind of touched on it, but you think back to some of the greater Patriots defense of all time. Do you think of Vince Wilfork being right there in the middle, plugging everything up, stopping oh, the absolutely. run game and, and making teams one dimensional? So, oh, I, mates. I mean, I I think. Damon Harrison is one of the biggest key players on defense, maybe the biggest. And and I mean that in every sense of the word big, but uh, yeah, I think, I think this is just like a, I know Bob Quinn doesn't say it's a high priority now, but it absolutely should be soon.
3: Yeah,
5: for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I was, yeah. Even before when you know, Wolf Fork there was like Ted Washington and then when Wolf fork left, it was, you know, immediately drafting you know Malcolm Brown, who ended up not being good. But then last year we saw Malcolm Brown, Danny Shelton, Adam Butler, like con- constantly rolling in these two down guys. And yeah, it's. mean, if you have a guy like Damon Harrison, you don't have to worry about that. So lock lock the dude up.
1: How much? How much would you be willing to pay for a guy like Damon Harrison, uh,
4: Ryan? Um, I'd be willing to pay enough to keep him here. Like, I just, I think he's, like, I think Open he's a very really good personality. Like, I mean, like, no, like, I mean, nothing crazy or insane, right? But, I mean, like, I mean, like, let the dude, like, let the dude make his money. Like, he deserves it. He's earned it. And he's also, like, I think, I think he's, like, probably a pretty, um I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but he seems like he's a pretty, like, outspoken guy. I mean, at least he's, like, willing to, like, speak his mind on Twitter. So, I mean. For sure. Um, And it seems like, you know, he could really be, like, the catalyst or he could really be, um, kind of like the leader of that defense that, you know, Darius Slay, yes, but, like, I mean, you, you see Glover Quinn leave out of the secondary, like, seems like he was kind of maybe that guy for the defense, but, you know, to have another guy step up, because you have a lot of, like, young guys on that defensive line, you know. yeah. Um, You know, you have Deshaun Hand, you have A'shaun Robinson. Um, You know, I, I think it's really critical to have a veteran presence, and that's just one of those, like, intangible things that, like, You know what? Sometimes you just have to fork over that money to like make that a reality. Let Let me ask you
2: a a simpler question here. And I know it doesn't really work like this necessarily, but if if extending snacks costs you the ability to keep a Sean Robinson around since he's entering his last year, is that okay with you?
4: Yeah, I think you do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I do, and and I I think for all the reasons kind of that I just outlined. But also because you know you call 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 me crazy, but let's just say like after the 2014 season, the Lions had a chance to like beef up and like draft more you know another interior defensive lineman just in case they ran into problems with resigning certain guys. But like I mean, Ayesha Robinson, did do that pick? A'shaan <laughs> A'shaan Robinson, he's probably gonna want a little. He's probably gonna want a nice little pay increase, and he he deserves one with the way that he's been playing. But he's going to, you know, he's going to probably command, a, you know, maybe not a little bit more than than Snacks. I mean, it's not going to be anything, I think, comparable to that. But, like, you just keep a guy like Snacks versus A'shaun Robinson, I think, because I think you can get another A'shaun Robinson in the draft. Like, Snacks, yeah. like, oh, these type of guys, they don't, like, yep. they don't come around too often. Yeah. Oh,
5: well, if I could just jump in one more time on this. I mean, like, if you... You look at his cap hit next year of nine million, it's like nine point two five. It's all cash. There there's no reason they can't tack three years on or two years on to the end of this deal and lower his cap hit. But if you get it done this year, you know, yeah, the 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 Lions aren't hurting for cap spaces here, but you can roll you roll everything anyway, and then you you've got the money ahead of, you know, ahead of schedule. Uh, and you can already get this year's, you know, by lowering his cap hit this year, you can just roll that extra space over. And yep. so even if he keeps his 9 million cap hit next year, and you're looking at maybe, gosh, I don't know, maybe 10 or, you know, 10 or 11 over the next, you 2021 and 2022. Um, and, you know, make a little bit of it guaranteed in 2021, maybe. Uh, and then throw him a good chunk of cash this year in a signing bonus, either do that or do the incentive deal. Yeah, there. It really shouldn't. I mean, just looking ahead at the Lions' cap situation, it really shouldn't prohibit them from doing just about whatever they want to do. Uh, there is, you know, one major contract on your guys' books that might be a little prohibitive, but we won't go there today.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always this, this stuff fascinates me because I've always kind of railed against the uh, the contract school. I mean, I, I'm with Ryan; just pay that man his money.
5: But so. I also would understand, like, completely, like not doing it, like you know. You know, it's a two-down player. Like that's a lot of money for a two-down player. I get Mm -hmm. that. Like if you're really committed to your, you know, like the, you know, the analytics side and the value, I I understand not doing it. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough.
4: Well, so so this is the flip side too, though, real quick. And I think that if you don't, if you don't extend Harrison. And then there's the possibility that, you know, Ashawn Robinson could leave for greener pastures. I mean, this isn't a guy who was, like, always in, like, Matt Patricia's favor. Like, we forget that this guy was a healthy scratch at one point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think then all of a sudden you're left with Deshaun Hand and, like, some other spare parts. So, I mean, like... Detroit fans have like been left out in the cold this way before. So, I mean, like it, I think it's really important. You keep, you keep the guys in place that really have solidified and, and changed. You guys want to stay back. here too.
1: Like guys who, who say they want to stay in like Detroit, they want to oh, get yeah. those extensions, like go for that. You don't get many of those guys
3: like that.
5: You know, also I think this problem compounds when you look back at signings, like, um, like Sylvester Williams, like that signing was just like horrendous, yep. you know, Uh, stuff like that. There, there are good bodies at this position out there that if you were to move on from Harrison and Asian and Asian left, like this is not a position that's, you know, you know, impossible to fill. The Patriots are currently, they lost Shelton. Well, he hasn't signed anywhere and Malcolm Brown and, and literally nobody's worried about it. They signed Mike Pinnell from the jets. And like, it's just going to be, it's, can you come in and can you get this this limited job done? Snacks just happens to get this job done at like this exceptional crazy level, but like yeah, if you have to move on from it, you know it's not a problem. You you just can't sign another Sylvester Williams.
1: <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I think uh, we're going to talk more about kind of the occurrences that the Lions have been going through. They've been signing a lot more free agents. Uh, kind of the tail end of free agency as we move into the draft. Draft is inching closer and closer. And we'll talk a little bit about some former Patriots with Brian. Brian Phillips here with us on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We will be right back.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is...
1: Back again on the Pride of Detroit PODcast, we move on to talking about free agency. Uh, Jeremy, you want to fill in the people because we're going to be diving in here, and I know you've got kind of a strategy on what you want to talk about. Big news for me was watching the Lions kind of miss out on Malcolm Brown uh, this past week.
2: Yeah, it was kind of an interesting saga because we don't really see that often teams go after other people's restricted free agents when they get an offer sheet. Well, the Lions kind of just tossed it out there. Malcolm Brown. They obviously have a need for a backup running back. For as much as I uh, stand for Zach Zenner, I, I do think the Lions should at least add some competition for backup running back. Uh, and so Malcolm Brown kind of was viewed by I think most fans as a as a pretty ideal fit. You know, he's a good pass protector, um, kind of a big bruisery type. That's that's still youthful. Um, has plenty of uh youth ahead of him. Um, unlike uh, one Legarrette Blunt. <laughs> and so um the Lions went after him uh the rams are in very tough cap position and so you we were kind of in the dark a little bit about the offer that they gave to him turns out it was only two years three and a half million The rams match it the Lions don't get him. everyone's sad um i i don't know how big of a deal this is i think uh, and bob quinn talked about it a little bit today uh monday on at the owners meeting saying you know was kind of a roll of the dice. You just kind of throw an offer out there. You kind of try to structure it in a way that maybe the Rams can't match it. And, and uh, he reportedly threw two and two point one million in first year guarantees his way um, because the Rams are so tight in cap space. But it didn't work out. Um, I'm curious in the panel how how bummed are you about this? Are you just, are all your eggs in the Spencer Ware basket at this point? Um, did Bob Quinn make a mistake, or was this just c- kind of a savvy move that didn't pan out?
4: Um, I mean, do we want to consider that maybe he's playing three-dimensional chess? Explain yourself. <laughs> Did he do this to personally upset C.J. Anderson <laughs> so that the Lions can sign C.J. Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I think that the offer was rather low. Um, just because. Yeah. I I like I liked some of what I saw from Malcolm Brown last year, especially like in spot duty, kind of earlier in the season too. But then, you know, the Rams when they when they got CJ Anderson, they seemed to go to him a little bit more. But um, I I thought it. I mean, it was a worthwhile move. Like I like the idea of getting because I I know Jeremy that you're totally cool with Zach Center as RB two. Like I'm mildly okay with it. I would really like it if the Lions could upgrade that position in some way, um, whether it be through the draft or. Maybe even a veteran through free agency, um, just maybe a, a different a different type of back. So I mean, some something of the ilk of like like a Spencer Ware or something. But um, it, it doesn't really matter to me. Just I, I think that I, I think that doing something is better than not doing anything. So I did like the gesture of of going of going out there and, and signing Malcolm Brown at the offer sheet.
3: I think. I mean. I mean Oh, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Just no, really quick. I just want to say, like, I think my biggest thing with adding a running back at this point is not overspending on one. And running back markets are notoriously low, and they should be because they have a short sure. shelf life. And so, I mean, obviously, you're, you're right in that the Malcolm Brown deal wasn't that big, but I think it's probably market value for a guy like that. And and obviously, the Lions offered him the most. He didn't sign an offer sheet with anyone else for for a bigger deal. So. I mean, would it have been a a mild discount? Maybe, but to me, that's the kind of deal that you want to be spending on a backup
4: running back. Yeah, I I think it's just because I think it's because he was 25 years old that it seemed like yeah he you know maybe 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 my 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 brain just thought it could be a little bit richer just because maybe you're paying for potential in the same way that the Lions overpaid for Jesse James, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, like that—that was honestly my thought process
3: you know it,
5: like realistically for malcolm brown like if you know it, this is what's so crazy about like the nfl cba is being a res, you know a restricted free agent like he's he's going to sign this deal um with the lions and the rams obviously match and it's a great tool for teams to be able to have other teams do their bidding for them and and get a, a team friendly deal like malcolm brown ends up signing but now now malcolm brown gets less guaranteed money than he would on his tender uh at what is it 2 million and 20 I think 2 million, $25,000 tender that they signed him to. Right. And now he gets, I, I believe it was what 1 million guaranteed, hundred and thousand dollars signing bonus was the offer sheet um, that he ends up signing in, in, uh, in LA, which is just wild to me, but um, right. you know, it, so the guy, the guy's out like a million dollars guarantee. Cause that, that money guarantees, obviously once he makes the roster, uh, which you'd anticipate him making the roster in LA, uh, his tender would have been guaranteed for the whole year. Mm-hmm. But um, you're right; it's all about that value, that backup running back value. Yeah. It's nice to see that the Lions would go out and try to add these these low tier, uh, you know, value you know value adds. But you, you don't want to just start throwing away money just just because.
2: All right, uh, I think this is a good point to jump off and talk about some former. Lions East players that are now Lions West or Lions North or whatever. Uh, because I'm, I'm interested in your takeaway. If you guys haven't read on Pride of Trade already, um, Mike did a, a five, four, four or five questions with Brian about, uh, it was Amandola and Trey Flowers, right? Yeah. A um, well, lot of good insights there. We're, we're going to cover some of that, but I'd like to kind of get into new territory. And why don't we start about the, the Lions new signing, who we haven't talked about yet. And let's talk about Rashawn Melvin. Because uh, I think a lot of people were looking at their signing of Justin Coleman, wondering if he was going to play inside or outside. Then the Lions throw another three and a half million at corner at the corner position for Rashad Melvin. Um, not not directly. I mean, he was a former Patriot, but it's been a while. Um, do you have any any sort of insight on Rashad Melvin, or was his uh, Patriots career just kind of a, a blip on your radar? Like I remember they I remember they picked him up from. Uh, off of waivers i know he was waived
5: by i don't know if it was baltimore or chicago um waived him and the patriots were way down on the in the waiver wire but the, they ended up putting a claim on him and then he he played he he played they had they had a rash of injuries that year and uh he ended up actually getting some serious playing time in a few weeks and had and racked up some tackles and then um then in typical belichick fashion the guy, he was cut and signed to the practice squad like the next, you know, a couple days later. And they signed a new veteran, but, um, and then he was released later on. But he went on to, uh, he, he had a pretty nice season, I believe, the year after in Indianapolis before going out to, uh, for going out to Oakland, from what right. I remember.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think he had like 12 or 13 passes defended. I want to say four interceptions or something that led the, led the team in what was a kind of disastrous Colts defense for, for a couple of years. But, um, obviously moved on to Oakland. Things didn't work out so well there. Um, but I think in, in Detroit, a lot of people are, you know, claiming he's a better fit and maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. Um, that that's t- tends to be the the typical excuse I think that people make in free agencies. Oh, well now he's in a place with a better fit, so it's all going to work out perfectly. But, uh, I, I think he's definitely in contention for for the number two outside corner spot because as Bob Quinn said today, like, he views Justin Coleman more as an inside guy. All the those rumors that Justin Coleman, who played more of an outside corner position when he was with the Patriots, but really found his footing with the with the Seahawks as a nickel guy, is gonna be the Lions nickel. I think I think it's pretty much safe to say that at this point. Um Ryan, how comfortable are you with Rashawn Belvin as, as potentially the, the Lions backup corner? Uh
4: I'm 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 pretty cool with it. Um I'm also I have my reservations because part of me, part of me sees a former Raiders cornerback coming in here on a one-year deal, <laughs> a lot EJ Hayden. Yeah, yep. And just not being like thrilled with his performance. Uh, and pro- I mean that that could be a little bit unfair uh, to kind of typecast him as as being similar players because uh, th- I mean. They're different players. I mean, Melvin. Melvin's six foot two. I mean, he's a big guy, uh, which I, I, I find pretty interesting. Um, just because, you know, last year Nevin Lawson is a pretty small guy. He played an awful lot of nickel at five nine. Justin Coleman is five foot eleven. But Melvin is this bigger kind of guy to to play outside. But the other thing about him that you know, even though he had a bad year last year in Oakland, um, when it comes to kind of like his overall like performance. Um, PFF still had him graded pretty highly as, as a tackler. And, um, I mean like he was up like near like elite status as a tackler with Indianapolis in 2017. So, um, once again, I think maybe the lions are kind of prioritizing, um, you know, some of this, uh, some of these like ancillary things that, you know, guys can do, like, you know, Darius Slay, I think is a really good tackler. Like it's a really like kind of like underrated thing that he does really well in, in, you know, in addition to, you know, being big play Slay, he makes a lot of, makes a lot of tackles. So maybe, maybe the idea behind this is is to kind of like shore up the outside um, in in terms of not, not, not just coverage, but um, you know, guys who can guys who can do a little bit more.
5: That's what we see out in Foxborough a ton is you can't play corner for the Patriots. If you don't tackle, like that's, it's the number one thing we saw it with Justin Coleman when he was, uh, when he was in new England and even playing on the outside, but Coleman, Coleman's a solid tackler. I mean, they, he, he was just, they were, they were really deep when he was there and uh, they had, you know, Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler and, and uh, and and that whole crew, um, but and, and those guys are all like, like really really solid tacklers. But mm-hmm. you're right, Melvin. Melvin is like of that same kind of that same kind of build, but that long that like big wiry, uh, sure tackler. Obviously, he's not. Uh, I, I would I would definitely not compare him to like a Deshaun Shed type of guy. Um, <laughs> he's he's uh, he, I, he, you're going to feel a lot more comfortable with him out on the outside. Um but it's all about eliminating those yards after the catch and uh and keeping plays in front of you and then uh and then clamping down on the red zone. That's what's really what it's all about.
4: Yeah. One one other quick stat I want to throw out um that was available via um Pro Football Focuses, free agency profiles they were doing. But last year with Oakland, Rashawn Melvin with a four point two percent run stop percentage, and that was tied for six among all cornerbacks. So mm. sorry, Greedy Williams. You're not coming to Detroit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. not not a
5: fit.
1: All right. Um, I think that wraps up there. Do we have any other notes you want to get out of here, Jeremy?
2: Um, I kind of wanted to just get Brian's overall thoughts on the Lions uh, free agency period because um, you you saw the Lions throw around a lot of money, um, maybe overpaid, for guys, you know, Jesse James, we talked a little bit about earlier, not quite as much as, Ryan, as Brian was worried about, but um, Justin Coleman obviously got a big deal. Trey Flowers got a monster deal. As as the guy that covers the Patriots and is also very familiar with the Lions, um, how do you view it when, when a team like that gets so aggressive in free agency? Not to say the, the Patriots never do it, but it doesn't happen that often. And I, I think I've even seen you, you know, the, the Patriots are very tight end needy team. And you, I think I saw you say you're kind of glad they didn't throw the money that the Lions threw at a guy like Jesse James. So how how do you view the line? Did they make a mistake this offseason? Are you excited about what they did? Are they just a team that has to throw around money because they can't take hometown discounts like the Patriots can?
5: Well, yeah, I mean it, it's tough. You know, with the Patriots, you know, we see these same signings every year, these value signings, you know, you know, with the exception obviously of like a Stefan Gilmore. Right. Um, and it's a lot of taking care of you know your in-house signings, but that's because the you know they, they're good. You know, they have they have a lot of you know a lot of talent. They want to keep at home, and when you're winning, uh, and you want to keep this core of guys together, uh, really you just try to add these um, little satellite pieces throughout the you know throughout the year. They're constantly turning the roster over, but you know when you're trying to you know build a build an entire new culture, and you're trying to you know purge the old guy, you know get the old guys out and bring in your new guys obviously we've seen a ton of that with Detroit um, you know and and you're in a position now where okay you've got the quarterback there's no reason and you've got the cap space now there's no reason that Bob Quinn you know should not have been pulling the trigger on these deals and so you know that's just kind of where we're at in the NFL now where these teams like where Detroit's at you know in teams like Detroit and teams like San Francisco and teams like Chicago last year where it's okay we've got the quarterback in place whether it be a rookie deal or not. We have no reason to not pull the trigger uh, on on these big free agent deals, you know. Um, And really, uh, the Coleman one, you know, I I have to take a look at the structure. But um, and uh, really, it didn't. Nothing. Nothing matters until you look at the Trey Flowers deal. And the Trey Flowers deal was going to be expensive. um, But you you got the kind of guy you want to get when you're spending that kind of money. He's going to be like you guys. I mean, you guys are just going to fall in love with him. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I miss the hell out of Trey flowers already. Cause he's, he's the kind of guy you're watch. You're going to watch him and he's going to be in the backfield constantly all the time, or he's going to be setting the edge and forcing it back inside every, like literally every play. Um, He constantly plays with the leverage you want. It's not going to be a flashy thing. It's going to be like, you know, like Brandon Graham in Philadelphia. Right. Um, it's not going to be like a super high sack totals and all this, but um, but that is, you know, it's free agent money, but it's money well spent. It's not, you know, I'd feel so much worse for you guys if you spent it on a D Ford, to be honest. You know, a guy like that. Hmm. Um, you know, this, this is going to be the kind of guy that like you want to build around.
3: We heard it here
1: fir- first, folks. We got one over on the Patriots.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we I already won. The Lions already did that last year. That's it's true.
5: True. One hundred percent true.
1: We're just good at that. We're just we get it over on people. That's what we, we do. Out ha- there. #Hashtag We own the Patriots. <laughs> #Hashtag we <own> the Patriots. <laughs> #Hashtag
4: We we beat the Super Bowl champs.
1: That means we're the Super Bowl champs. We Basically.
4: did it. Basically. We did it, Detroit.
1: We got him, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We got him. All right, <laughs> let's take a quick break here. When we come back, it's mailbag time. We actually have a big one this week, so I want to give us plenty of time. Discuss all the ins and outs and the whos and whats of all that stuff. So we will be right back. Brian Phillips from Pat's Pulpit with us on the Pride of Detroit EOD cast.
0: You ready?
3: Showtime. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. here? Here's
1: the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I
3: want to wail.
1: Mail time. Hashtag ask pod. As always, get your questions in on Twitter. That's what we look for the hashtag ask pod or look for the thread on prideodetroit.com. We start we I'm going to start with one from the comments actually. We normally don't go this way. From Harrington HOF, what are the chances that Detroit hosts the draft soon and do you agree with them moving the venue from New York?
2: I don't I don't mind that they're moving it from New York. It I I had no problem with Radio City Music Hall. I, was, I think it was kind of a perfect venue, but I do kind of like the idea of it taking on a different cultural uh route every year Philadelphia was interesting, Chicago's interesting, Nashville's gonna be interesting this year. Um I, I I just don't know if Detroit's a good pull. Like the weather's not good in early April. I, I know they're talking about Fox Theater as as the possible venue. I mean we're close. Detroit's close to being a, a good venue, but I just I don't I don't know. I don't think we're gonna see it any soon. I don't think uh I don't think Rodwood has the persuasive uh gene in him. I think they were right to move it out of New York.
1: I just wish, I think Ryan will back me on this, that it had stayed in Philadelphia instead.
4: Philadelphia was cool, but next year it's in Vegas. That's going to be interesting.
1: See, and I'm, I'm worried now that the draft is just being bandied around, kind of like the Super Bowl is, as far as like currying favor with certain people. Because, like, yeah, when they were done with Philly, where they went, they went to Dallas. It was like nothing in Dallas. They just put it up in Jerry's world because yeah. Jerry demanded it.
4: That's boring. But Vegas. Yeah, I, I not skipped boring. that one on purpose. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Vegas will be great. Um, I think eventually they'll probably hit up Miami at some point.
3: That Just because these
1: these things always kind of swing down that way. Um, there's not a lot of other I mean, LA could probably be one once they get the new stadium, but then like the problem for that is that one for that new stadium, that'd be in Inglewood. If they did that anywhere near like the LA Coliseum, you'd be at least close to downtown and everything. Out in Inglewood, like there's a couple of interesting things, but now you're just being stuck in the morass of driving around. And to be honest, I'm against that because it means more traffic out near the airport.
5: <laughs> I think you should. I, th- I think you should get if you're the number one pick in the draft. You should get the draft.
1: Oh please, we go to <laughs> Cleveland every year. <laughs> oh. Not anymore, dude. All right. Well, who's we, after? It? We just be going back to New York then. Buffalo. Just Every year, city Every year, Buffalo. Buffalo. Music hall. <laughs>
3: every year, Buffalo. <laughs> oh
1: my god. I mean, may might be the Raiders for a while. So I mean, might be Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. There you go. Either see,
5: like, or- I, see, I normally like the fun stuff, but like, I, I just I cannot get into the televised draft. Like, I, I you know. Like Twitter, like is ahead of the uh, is ahead of the game anyway, and so like I, I'm usually busy on a Thursday night or something's going on and I can't catch up, so I'm just following it on my phone. So like I'm never that into like the locale. Like I forgot it was in Philly uh, last year, um, or no, two years ago. You see, I you see. Dude, I, we, I, went, I don't we went even, there two
1: years ago and that was so good. And I, I, like, I I'm sure it's like, an
5: in-person thing. It's got to be awesome. But like as a viewer, like I can't get into it. I don't. I don't know.
1: Brian, well, you say you, that, but then two years ago, we also had the Mel Kuiper dinosaurs line as well. So it's not
2: always bad. You be careful what you're talking about, Brian. We're talking about the Lions Super Bowl right now, okay?
3: <laughs> we are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. I'm going to take this question from Twitter, at NoPictures. He has a couple questions for us. I'm going to take this one, though. What is the dumbest Lions game you have ever witnessed?
2: Oh, oh boy there's been a lot of dumb ones i
1: i have a good answer for this
2: go for it i
4: have a couple answers
1: uh thanksgiving 2012 versus the
2: texans <laughs> that w- that was one of my top three
4: i was thinking <laughs> yeah up there hey can i can i can i guess another one of your top three jeremy go for it the the, the philly snowball
1: oh my oh god, god. That's, yeah that is number one there. with the
4: bullet holy crap! Right? Think- <laughs> oh yeah
2: that was not football. No, I
4: don't that, know. What was that 2013?
1: That <laughs> was that 2013 that was? I, I think, think that, I, I can't.
2: It was. was it was definitely a year 20, they didn't make the playoffs. And I'm like 2013. I think. Yeah, th- that yeah. was a game that they should have had, but they didn't play football that game. They p- played. I don't even know. Like they were playing in, in trench warfare, and it was stupid. And I Calvin Johnson had a faceful. Oh my god, that I hate that game. That game was a <laughs> fart. The other yeah. one that I was thinking of was the. Lions
4: Titans game from a couple of years ago that
3: was oh, just there was oh, 38 man.
2: flags on that game.
3: Oh, you know man.
4: you know what's so funny is that immediately I think about our Spotify playlist and I know that you you picked Coldplay's Yellow. I, I did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Slag him for
1: that too.
5: I I went to a uh, a 35 nothing loss in 2001 uh, Lions against uh, they hosted the St. Louis Rams which mm. was the most unwatchable I mean, Marshall Falk was cool to watch, I guess, but, like, it was the least competitive football game I think
2: I've ever seen in person. Was that a Monday Night Football game? I,
3: I think like they remember. got
2: skunked by the Rams one time on Monday Night Football.
4: I was going to say, I I will raise you... Yeah, it was, that, actually. I, I, will, I will raise you that game for... Um, I'm pretty sure it was... Yes, it was 2004, Thanksgiving Day. I... I went to the game against Indianapolis, and that was the year that Peyton Manning set the single-season touchdown mark. Um, they won 41-9. to nine. <laughs> oh, Lord.
1: I really have to we, – we've come up with some good ones, but again, I really have to stump for 2012 Thanksgiving because just watching Jim Schwartz out there throwing a flag when he didn't need to and then getting oh. penalized for it and then Gunther Cunningham drop-kicking his playbook <laughs> is just –
5: Right, but there's just something about the the Lions playing football in the Silver Dome, yeah, on that yeah. that old AstroTurf where you know they still have the seams in it from you know Monster Truck Jam being there like 48 <laughs> hours before, and like
1: it's <laughs> yeah. good about hiding yeah. that stuff at at Ford Field now. Just I had to look it up myself.
5: to see if it was a night game, like like okay, f- yeah. I just looked it up, and yes, it was a Monday night game. You, you can't you, if you're in the Silverdome, you have no
4: way of ever knowing, you know, if, <laughs> right, what, right. Month, you, what month it is. Re, re, real quick, that Colts game I, I just referenced, Peyton Manning had six touchdown passes. He uh What's the night? Jeez. He was he was twenty three of twenty eight, only threw for two hundred and thirty six yards, but had six touchdowns. <laughs> Wait, and they scored 41 points and missed an extra point. Yeah, they scored 41 points, yeah. And and the Lions all the Lions scoring plays, Jason Hanson 20-yard field goal, <laughs> Jason Hanson 34-yard field goal, Jason Hanson 32-yard field goal. No. <laughs> tell me, tell me
2: <laughs> one of those field goals came in the fourth quarter too when they're down Holy. 30 points. One of them came
4: when they were down 27 to 6 with no time oh, remaining in the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> but I but uh touchdown pass receptions Two of or three of them by Brandon Stokely. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Three of them by Marvin Harrison. Kill the podcast.
3: Ugh.
4: Ooh. Next question here. <laughs> From but can he play
1: DT asking us which other owner is more most likely to have pulled a Robert Kraft? Ooh. So like, like, I mean, you like can't be like, you can't say like Jim
5: Ursay, right like that's
1: I, like that's see, oh yeah well that's <laughs> I, I'm fifty I'm 50, fifty here between Jim and Jerry because right, Jimmer like,
5: like, like count them out like like that's that let's make the game like more fun by saying you can't be okay. one of those guys
1: yeah because like Jerry is going to be eternally horny right and Jim or say like whatever he whatever his substance of choice is, is that he's on that night he could get up to almost anything um who owns is it still uh steve biscotti who owns the ravens yeah he would yeah. be my choice
5: he's
3: it's a really sleazy. good candidate
1: he's a, he's so sleazy he he would be my choice uh, i
5: think i think if we have to eliminate like the obvious ones i mean the closest one to having to be in that category where you eliminate him for me is jimmy haslam like oh, you yeah. own <laughs> you, like you own like pilot j's and like you've been arrested like you're you're company was investigated for like defrauding small to mid-sized trucking companies like like you're just a you're just a piece of work that's jimmy Haslam all the way
4: well if jerry richardson hadn't been forced to sell the carolina panthers
1: (laughs) i mean he'd be one with a bullet uh my sleeper pick might have to be uh the dolphins owner steven ross Ooh, okay like i've got no real reason down there in florida Well, he's down there in Florida. He runs a cruise line company. Like I just, there's enough here about him that where I'm just kind of like, there's got to be something.
5: Mike Brown's really cheap. I don't think he mm. would. I don't think he'd. He wouldn't,
1: uh, pay. He wouldn't pay for yeah. prostitution. <laughs> Can I get like ten
5: thousand to one odds on Virginia McCaskey? I don't even know yeah. who that is. Like a like a John Cougar Mellencamp wins an Oscar style bet, just just to have it, just in case. <laughs> just to, like the ninety four year old Bears owner.
1: Oh. I could old
3: I could Virginia, you know.
1: I'll, I'll I'll write it down in my in my in my book here. I'll put down <laughs> your I'll put down your wager.
4: Um, I have one other name that I'm willing to throw out as long as I get super long odds. Well, what about Dan Snyder?
3: Do to, I
4: mean,
1: Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder. That, that's going to be Is that's an interesting because he. Well, he did technically run a prostitution ring with how he's treating the re, the skins cheerleaders. So I mean.
4: Oh, and well, hold on. What about what about Bob McNair too? The more Texans pimp than though, John.
1: What, Bob McNair. R-I- R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Robert McNair died. Yeah, you get some serious, what? serious tough odds on that. Hold up, care. hold up, Ryan. Did Ryan just pull a me? Did Ryan just become me?
5: me Posthumously solicitate is posthumous <laughs> solicitation.
1: Did Ryan oh, not? I knew oh, about Bob here that- being dead, and Ryan did not.
4: Nice. That guy did get knocked off. He sucked. Oh my god! <laughs> this podcast is off the rails. We're like two podcast.
2: questions into this podcast, into the mailbag.
4: Great, great
5: mailbag question.
1: <laughs> Love the question. We get a we've been getting a lot of these, Brian, about craft and people thinking like Martha Ford would do would ever do something okay. like this. And I'm like, I nah, I don't want to even think about that, but I there's enough other sleaze balls out there we can go for.
4: Bob McNair Bob McNair was the dude who had the quote about the inmates running the prison. Yep. Yep. No yep. one mentioned the Yorks at all. Yeah, I thought about it, but I decided to go with a dead guy.
5: <laughs> well i, I will give you odds. if you really want like the technically like the mathematical odds of like who would be most likely i think technically you have to say the green bay packers fan base right since they own the team, <laughs> own the team. Be, oh
2: that's a really good point yeah <laughs> one of them's got
5: right <laughs> like guarantee that's a guaranteed yes <laughs> at,
4: at, at a guaranteed <laughs> This is literally off the
1: rails. All right, well, I'm about to take it more off the rails, and I know Jeremy's about to storm out on this
2: question. But guess what? Just go for it.
1: Alex Murray asking us, what are your thoughts on WrestleMania cards so far?
4: I Honestly, I haven't looked at it at all whatsoever. I'm going to
1: go
4: in completely completely blind.
1: Like, I I, I know Triple H is wrestling Dave Bautista, and I'm here for that. That's going to be awful.
2: Ryan just said he wanted to go in blind and you just ruined that for him. Spoilers. No, because I sent him the video of that. Oh, yeah, I that's I sent
4: right. Him... Yeah, you might have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, sorry, I didn't realize Ryan was a I literally a
1: just saw a movie with Dave Bautista in it, too. So this is all kind of spooky
2: well,
4: for I've, me. I've, even if you did send it to me, I clearly had forgotten about it. But also, <laughs> unless Robert Gronkowski's at WrestleMania, then I'm going to be severely disappointed. Thank you.
1: He's got to be there. He's got to be in a tag team with, what was it, like two, three WrestleManias ago where he tried to jump into the ring and everyone in, in the NFL circles held their breath because like, oh no, what if he got hurt?
5: There were some takes. On the, there were massive on takes. On the timeline for that day. Uh, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into that. We won't go, we won't go into that.
1: <laughs> All right. We've got a few questions here about the AAF, which is, I just saw something that the AAF is like, we're in our home stretch. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I realized the AAF only has like 10 weeks. Yep. So um, Peter Mayer asking us, who do you prefer for the Lions to sign from the AAF? And someone else was asking us if the Lions have scouts the AAF. I can turn this into a general AAF question now. We've got seven weeks or so on hand of tape. Is there anyone from the AAF? For Brian, For Brian, this can be about your Patriots too. Uh, anyone at all from the Alliance of American Football that has piqued your interest and you would want to see on a on a top level pro roster?
3: Um, mm. um, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,
5: Great talk. <laughs> yeah, well, you know and. I forgot, guys I'm I'm sorry. I forgot the AAF. I'm 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 a huge lifelong Orlando Apollos fan and uh I forgot that they existed last week. Uh two weeks the last two weeks. I forgot that they were in existence. But if I had to uh and this is all of course all just to give myself time to frantically search AAF stats. And
1: well can I throw uh, one out?
5: Yes, please
1: this is just me. This is me because this is very much me in several ways. One, it's a quarterback Two, It's a good old Toledo boy, but uh, I do think Logan Woodside might get someone looking at him for a backup role in the NFL.
5: In all seriousness, you're right. Like, like there's, I mean, this is the second best level of competition out there, right? Like there's no real, there there really isn't any other,
1: maybe the CFL, but I mean, that's a different side altogether.
5: Uh I mean, and you know, there's, there's obviously NFL talent all over these rosters. Like Kenneth Farrow is your third ranked rusher in the league this year. And he's, he wow. spent time, he was like the guy back and forth on the Patriots practice squad last year, Zach Stacy, Hey, Davion Smith, go, go blue. Um, and I'm just reading off of a website. See this, is, this is where we are. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that day. gets to
2: our overall point. Like there's no one that's going to come in from the AAF and save the Lions or save the Patriots. They they might fill out some depth, they might get some playing time, they might be some special teamer guys, but I'm not coming in and looking at the, anyone on these AAF rosters like, "Ooh, he maybe he's going to be the Lions RB2 and, you know, pick up 600 yards next year." Like I don't think I that's
1: remember going. I remember when we first did our first the first time we talked about the AAF after week 1 at the after the first weekend I remember someone like their ratings dropped pretty hard after that. And someone went into my mentions and demanded that we admit that we were wrong about the AAF. or I know exactly like
2: which Twitter account you're talking about. And <laughs> I'm not going not to say anything for that. about it,
1: but I'm just saying like, I mean, <laughs> you win, was, like you win, man, whatever, man. <laughs> like it was Good football. Call. It was football in, in March and, like
2: I was, if I, I, was if I hadn't immediately gone on vacation after week one of the AF, then I might still be into it. But I, I, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't watched since week one.
4: I just,
1: I just keep forgetting that it's on. Sometimes I, I'll catch it on in bars every now and then. It's fun to have on. I think I was back home and watching a late, um, I think it was a Birmingham iron game. I mean, it's, it's whatever you want, man. It's a developmental league though. It's not really supposed to be better, better rivals of mine. You know,
5: those irons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see. I would have thought the Steve Spurrier coach team in Florida would be all up about beating the team from Georgia every chance he got.
5: You'd think, but, you know, it's just how the cookie crumbled this year. Well, in the I, I do I, I,
1: that was a very underrated part of the AAF, though, <laughs> is that Steve Spurrier had basically told South Carolina, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm going to the links," and then immediately turns around and takes all the money to go coach orlando
3: <laughs>
5: but i think in all serious with this league like i think it's really cool that first of all the salaries are better than i thought i think they're all getting like 75 grand a year which it's really this is just shining a light on how many guys are out there doing the the nfl workout circuit like constantly yeah. every day yep. m- dozens of guys are traveling all over the country back and forth Just to go do workouts so they can maintain their status on some emergency list somewhere in case three people, you know, like there are a thousand guys out there and that's their lives, staying in peak physical condition. Mm -hmm. If just a few of them can go in this league and actually get paid for it and actually have a better spotlight on them,
3: I think it's awesome. But I just forget that's on. Freddie Thompson asking us the question, what kind of bear is best? A dead one. Jesus, man, (laughs) a dead Chicago bear. Not like a fan, like,
2: or a player, just like the idea of. No, I think,
1: I think we've shown how much you hate, hate animals. I'm going to have to call PETA now.
2: Go for it, man. What are they going to do? Write an angry tweet about me. Oh no. Ryan, any thoughts on your favorite
3: type of bear? Uh, my favorite type of bear is polar bear. I'm 50, 50 between <laughs> Panda and sloth bear. It might have to be sloth bear. Is that made up?
1: No, it's a real thing. Have you not seen a sloth bear? bear I've seen bear, a sloth and I've seen a bear. Have sloth seen bears at Toledo zoo. They're, they're just big dopes. I love them.
5: I'm going to go a little off the beaten path with my selection and go uh, the honey jars that are shaped like bears.
3: Mm, there you gonna, go. Can I change my answer? Yeah, sure. Winnie the Pooh bear. Okay. Was that worth it? Christopher Robin? Nope. It was not worth it. Jeremy.
1: <laughs> Nothing is ever worth it.
4: Nothing is ever worth it. Welcome to Arby's.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, man. um let's see here dustin okay no never mind that's just someone rambling y'all you gotta send questions into the mailbag not just whatever's on your mind today about how you say danny amadola's name like please
3: send <laughs> questions <laughs> i can't do this man tilted
1: Okay, Detroit fan in Wisconsin, so we got Brian here. he just saw that if Gronk retired, anyone think we, we could trade Logan Thomas to the Patriots for a decent draft pick? Uh, nope.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I do not think so.
3: This,
2: uh, this is what cracks me up about Lions fans because I had at least two or three people ask the The Pride Detroit Twitter account, if they thought maybe the Patriots would trade up to eight and grab a tight end, I'm like, all, all the the why way would up they do that? Tight end, what? yes. You know
5: what? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna package. Yeah, 32 next year's top, next year's first rounder and third, and probably more than that to get up to eight.
2: Yeah, for like, a tight end. Uh, I'm just like, have you paid attention to the Patriots' draft habits at all in the past decade? FG more decade. than that like
1: what tight end out there is worth taking at number eight right now i don't even know any tight ends in this draft right now yeah like, i mean, I, mean these, I, these, I know a couple but like none of them are getting a well, first half of the first round grade
2: that's not true that's not true
1: which which one which one Noah was fan
2: and tj Hawkinson both yeah, yeah. okay but, but i mean that's
1: two of them and I, but, I, I guarantee you there's not gonna be two teams taking tight ends before the patriots
2: Okay, you're, you're, you're going to be wrong with that, by the way. Probably. But, probably. Um, I'm always wrong. My, my overall point is that like these are also fans that are like probably turning around and saying the Lions better not take a tight end at eight overall because there's no tight end right. worth that. And the it's like, same, oh, but not- at the same breath you're saying the smartest organization in football is going to trade up <laughs> and spend three or four day one to two picks t- to get TJ Hawkins to know. No, it's not. It. See,
5: I I just don't understand. I, I'm so captivated by this. Like I was talking to like my best one of my best buddies, who is is he loves the Lions and and I told him that I would love it if you guys drafted T.J. Hawkinson, and he he got very upset with me about that. <laughs> and I understand that I, I I understand how like sacrilegious that must feel to so many Lions fans, but like that is such flawed thinking. It makes no, it makes, you just, you just cannot afford to think that way. Like just letting, letting a past draft pick affect, you know, taking who, if he's there at eight, there, there, there's probably not a player in the draft who's better at their position than the rest of the guys at their position than TJ Hawkinson. And like, if he's there, like what he does for an offense, and what he does specifically for this offense, for what the lions want to do would be amazing in my opinion.
2: Yeah. He's a good fit
4: hawkinson is going to end up on the patriots and they're going to get josh rosen too and then they're just going to like dominate for another i
1: love watching people trying to tell themselves that like josh rosen is a terrible person i love people telling on themselves talking about josh rosen because i just know that exactly what ryan is talking about there that josh rosen is going to go to places give, give him a chance and he's just going to just Goes super saiyan on everyone's ass, and suddenly everyone's going to be talking about what a thoughtful, intelligent leader he is.
5: I just I love the the how bad can my GMB be battle between Arizona, <laughs> Washington, and New York this year. I mean, it's an <laughs> unbelievable show of ineptitude that I've I've never seen before. Bruce Allen, Steve Kime, and Dave Gettleman are like in this battle royale for of badness. It's unbelievable.
1: Rules. Last question here from Don Hammond at No One Rabbit Troll. <laughs> Wonderful username. What is your opinion on Taylor Decker? He looked really good until he was injured. Now he seems pretty pedestrian. Do you think he will get re signed?
2: Well, for, I mean, the first decision that they have to make is whether they want to give him the, uh, the fifth year option. And they have to make that in the next few months, um, which I think is a no brainer that you do. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of kicking that decision down down the line another year. Um, I, I think that decision doesn't need to be made yet. Um, I'm not quite as down on him as I think some fans are. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call him pedestrian. I, I'd say he's above average. And honestly, it's it's not easy to have an above average left tackle out there. Um, left tackles get embarrassed all the time, and we see teams reach for guys like Eric Flowers in free agency because they are that desperate to get a good tackle. And uh, you, pay, you make Trent Brown the all-time yes, th-
3: exactly. highest-earning
2: lineman in history. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm fine with, with where the lines are at left tackle right now, um, unless he does something bad over the next two years, because you have him all this year. I, I assume they're going to give him the fifth-year option and have him all of next year, and then you make that sort of decision. But to me, he's, he's trending in the right direction to, to get resigned.
5: Hold on. Can I ask you a question? And this yeah. is going to be this is going to be wild. Okay.
4: You got to put it in the mailbag. Uh,
5: yeah. B- b- question from from B Phillips underscore SB. Are you, you sure it?
1: about that? You better first hashtag it caller. by the way.
5: <laughs> first time caller, long time uh, listener here. <laughs> um, if the Patriot
3: Bill Belichick's on the phone, and he's offering a twenty twenty first round pick. For Taylor Decker. Are you taking it? Oh, man.
2: Can I get a guarantee if if I'm. I'm (laughs) going to find out his real identity because
1: this absolutely cannot be Brian, uh, Bill Belichick. It's got to be an imposter. That's that's first, but go on, go on, Jeremy.
2: Well, I think my general intuition is if Bill Belichick is proposing a trade, then my answer is no. Correct.
5: That's, what we, that's the correct answer. There's no, <laughs> th- there's no other answer that is more correct than that. But if you're Bob he Quinn... He does like to trade with the Patriots.
1: I, oh, Bob Quinn isn't, isn't thinking that Bill's pulling a fast one on him. Okay, hey, So
5: they either give you 56 overall this year in the second round, or a 22 next
2: year. <laughs>
1: 32
2: next year. Right, uh, no. right 32 uh, uh, next year, <laughs> and and Dante scarnecki against Taylor Decker. <laughs> um i would i would say no and i'm not sure everyone would agree with me there but it's i mean like like i said i think he's an above average tackle and you got him fairly cheap for two years and i mean there's no i mean that also leaves you in a really big hole this year yeah so i i, I'm I, I agree 100
5: percent. Right. like i i like i like taylor decker and i think like I think the sky's the limit for the kid, and that's why I want Dante Skarniecki to get his hands on him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: like I think it would be like a Hall of Famer, you know, like if, if Dante Skarniecki can get his hands on Taylor Decker. But, yeah, it would be uh, a, a tough call.
1: All right. I think that's where we're going to leave it there. Uh, Brian, thank you again for joining us. Add Brian at B. Phillips. Uh, B unders- uh, The underscores and everything. I I don't know how to do it.
5: <laughs> How about you just be, say your, your Twitter account? Yeah, bphillips underscore
1: sb. That one there, yeah. <laughs> and everyone else of the Pride of Detroit PODcast, thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Pride of Detroit PODcast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at... I am Brian Shepard I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N S-H-E-P-A-R-D Thanks a lot to him Check out his stuff He's been great He gave us Victory Monday So go check him out That's I am Brian Shepard And thank you for everyone who keeps listening And makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible Y'all are awesome See you star side
0: strengthen security posture, and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to Vanta.com slash Vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta.
5: Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.